Hello and welcome back to the Armchair QBs. I'm your host, Callum Buchan. Alongside me is Dan Cameron. Dan, the draft is over. We're staring back into the abyss. Yeah, six months of six months of 2022 draft stock coming. Yes, <laughs> next week. <laughs> Can't wait for <laughs> next week. Get ready for our 2022 draft. <laughs> our mock. It, sh- it should do well. Um, <laughs> I guess the big news that came out this week and what overshadowed everything was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Having a hissy fit. Yeah, it was a weird one. Did Aaron Rodgers leak it? Somebody certainly from his camp leaked that. Maximum impact on day one. No, it's revenge. He said, you fucked with me last year on draft day. I'm going to fuck with you. It's just it's the oldest trick in the book. It's just pure ass revenge. (laughs) Vengeance. Um, I think, uh, so do you want to just kind of like, you know, break down, you know, the bare bones of the situation? Why why is Aaron Rodgers pissed? So Aaron Rodgers is apparently pissed off because Green Bay Packers do nothing to help him um, with the talent around him. Last year, obviously, instead of getting him a, a wide receiver or anybody useful, they drafted Jordan Love, a project QB, which seemed to be that they thought Aaron was near the end of his career. And obviously last season, Aaron went out and got the MVP. He played so well, got them you know, to the, the conference championship. They fell short, but, you know, it looked like things were going in the right direction. I don't know why now he's pissed off, though. Like, I thought all the issues were behind them. Uh, <laughs> poor sweet child. Poor sweet child. <laughs> No, do you? I wonder if you can remember around about okay, uh, just I think we recorded about two or three days after they went out of the NFC Championship game, and I said, "Here's this comment from Aaron Rodgers. What do you make of it?" And it was essentially kind of go, "No one knows what the future holds," and such like that. I mean, it just shows that it's been bubbling since even kind of a couple of days after the the. The NFC Championships game. At that point, I asked you whether it was about contract, what it was about, and you just thought he was pissed because he lost the NFC Championship game. Well, it turns out he's been pissed since kind of April 2019, and he doesn't let things go. You know more about his issues with his family than I do, but once you piss off Aaron Rodgers, it seems as though you're on a list and you're never getting off it. Yeah, he does seem to hold a grudge. (laughs) So I I don't know why everyone's so surprised about this. No, but I just thought it was a little bit... I don't know. They had such a good season. He had a good season. It seems like things are going well for him, both uh, professionally and personally. Uh, obviously, he's got his interest in this Jeopardy job as well. Yeah, uh, I think that's, that's just noise. That's just noise. No, I, I think he, from what he was talking about and what they've said is, as well is that it is actually doable for him to record it in the off-season. Yeah, I, I know, I know, but it's noise. It's noise when it comes to anything about football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pe- pe- people who trot out the kind of well, you can go host Jeopardy are just essentially. I mean, that they're essentially trying to use that to call his bluff. But um, but no, uh, yeah, this you know the the Packers have got no one about themselves to blame for this move, and they know exactly. Uh, they know exactly why Aaron's pissed. They've done nothing about it, but. Everyone, as you said, you know, it's been going for a while. It all drops on draft day, uh, and that's obviously part of a premeditated attempt to basically say screw you to the backers. Uh, 
people must have been sitting on this. I'm pretty sure that others have been sitting on it, but for whatever reason, they hadn't been putting it out there. But when it comes out on Thursday that Aaron's pissed, doesn't want to go back to Green Bay, about an hour later, it comes out, before, before the draft as well, that um, Packers brass have already travelled out and met with Aaron Rodgers and tried to basically smooth things over. I mean, this was this was happening all behind the scenes without it being all public knowledge. Um, and it basically kind of blows up on the Packers' face on draft day. It then leads to also the 49ers in pick three. The, the 49ers apparently inquired if Aaron Rodgers was available the day of the draft and offered a three uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and other draft picks. Now, of course, with him giving up two first-rounders, that was never going to happen. But that leads on to another conversation about the 49ers and what the hell they were doing at number three. But I, I just, you know, Gundekinst over the last kind of two days has been trying to say all the right things. No, Aaron doesn't want me fired, according to everybody close to Aaron Rodgers. He wants Gundekinst gone and he's not coming back with Gundekinst uh, in there. And they've been trying desperately to put out this narrative over the last couple of days of uh, we tried to trade up for uh, Justin Jefferson. Didn't, didn't work out. We tried to trade up for uh, Brandon Ayuk. Didn't work out. All right, fine. Bullshit, if you ask me, but fine. That's what you're putting out there. So having obviously identified that wide receiver was a target that you wanted and you missed out on two that you were looking for, you then proceed to trade up for Aaron Rodgers' replacement. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. The, the Packers are digging themselves a deeper hole with these lies that they're putting out about their process in the draft last year. And I've got no sympathy for them whatsoever. So uh, Rogers seems to be putting themselves in a position where he says, either pay me so much money and commit to me financially that you there's no point in having Jordan Love on his rookie deal. You're going to get to year three and not know whether you can extend him on the fifth year option. And that's only your own fault. Or Gundekus goes packing because he, you know, he can't trade Jordan Love because that was a decision he made. So it's a right old mess. And as I say, I have no sympathy for the Packers whatsoever. And another interesting tidbit in this whole mess as well is that uh, Rogers' uh, agent is David Dunn, who was the agent for Carson Palmer when Palmer basically got so fed up with the Bengals that he said, "I'm going to retire." rather than play with you, sat out, waited until the Raiders got, had an injury and then they traded for him mid-season. So he's got the agent who can, you know, who's navigated these waters before. Yeah, and I, I just, I wouldn't call. I, I mean, it, 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 it's, you know, the Packers at least have forewarning that this is going to happen. And I think, you know, Rogers has seemed to be a man of his word before, even though it's maybe for things that are considered unseemly unprofessional or not of a man of his status as an MVP and a Super Bowl winning quarterback and all this kind of stuff, and he gets paid a lot of money. When Aaron Rodgers says he's going to do something, I believe him. And if he says he's not going to pay for the Packers again, I believe him. Um, and I think it's only going to be if they commit dollars to him that this is going to be there. And you're right, he's got somebody behind him that's navigated these waters before, as you said. And so they're well-practiced in it and, and it, and it's there. It's not a good situation to be in, but at the same time, do you want to be in a situation in week five, let's say Aaron Rodgers is not reported, hasn't retired, but is not reported, is paying fines up the wazoo because he can afford it. And... Jordan Love is one in four and not looking like a, a franchise quarterback. And then you're going to have to trade him before week six. Are you, are you really wanting to be in that position? No, 
Uh, it's it's a really tough one as well because I mean I know that's a kind of like doomsday scenario, but I mean it's not out of the realms of possibility. I mean let's not you know lie about this. Jordan Love wasn't even active on game days. He wasn't good enough to become be the backup past Tim Boyle, so he wasn't exactly wowing everybody in practice. Yeah, and the other, well, the one argument why Rogers might not retire or play the retirement card and sit out is. I think it would cost him somewhere in the region of thirty million to retire in salary and uh, signing bonus that he would have to pay back. So, obviously, the Colts, Andrew Luck was in a similar situation with the Colts, and the Colts wrote that money off and just said, "Oh, keep it." This doesn't strike me as a situation where the Packers would say, you know, "No, no, no." They, they definitely come back, but really, compared to his kind of endorsements and everything, it's a small pittance, quite frankly. And again, I'm quite willing to believe that in the grand scheme of things, he'll be able to earn that twice over doing whatever he goes on to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, wait, Alex Trebek's salary for Jeopardy for 23 weeks work was 10 million dollars a year. So, I mean, I mean, it's it's not nothing to be sniffed at. It's not what he would get playing football, but it's still nothing to be sniffed at. Yeah. Um, uh, have we given ourselves a pat on the back for kind of identifying this last year after the Jordan Love pick? I, I don't think we have. I think we should do that. Uh, yeah, let's just take a second. Okay. Hopefully, yep. you can hear that. Yeah, um, okay. The now the interesting point on this, and actually one of my favourite uh, reporters on the NFL, Bill Barnwell, broke this down. There's not that many teams that can actually go after Rodgers. He no. broke it down to seven teams, which I think even with seven is pretty generous. Yeah. Well, another explanation for why we're patting ourselves on our back is that the, in our draft, kind of in the, in the episode after all the draft madness last year, we looked at the Cowboys and the Packers and basically kind of discussed Rodgers in that game and, and how the Jordan Love pick was going to affect it. And we said that it's, it's very, very possible that Aaron Rodgers might not play more than a year for the Packers, and we identified five teams, that being the Colts, the Patriots. But we identified a number of teams where Aaron Rodgers uh, would be willing to go, and we got three of them right. So we'll take that. And the other two we mentioned were the Colts and the Patriots, and they've both had to change their quarterback this year, one with the draft and one with the trade for Carson Wentz. So not not bad prognostication 12 months in advance, Cal. No, I, you know, we're pretty much Mystic Megs. Um, yeah. I'll just go over, in case people haven't read the article, the, the seven teams that Bill Barnwell identifies are Tennessee Titans, the nope. Las, Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders. Maybe. Um, which I think that's probably a favourite. Cleveland Browns. Nope. Would you take Rodgers over Mayfield? If, because of how young Mayfield is, I'd rather have Mayfield. And plus, even when I extend Mayfield, it's not going to cost me anywhere near... Uh, what uh, it's not going to cost me anywhere near what Aaron Rodgers would, and I would just kind of you know too much too much of a scuffling of what they've kind of you know been building there in Cleveland. I d- I don't think Mayfield gets you to a championship game. I think with Rodgers you get Cleveland to the Super Bowl with that talent. Yeah, I mean Rodgers identified the Broncos, the Raiders, and the 49ers. Uh, that was the missing team um, as where he wanted to go. So yeah, he wants kind of, you know, West Coast. He wants to stay in the kind of similar sort of system concepts. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to transition into a different uh, place, they, they might have the ability to do it, no doubt. But I say that's not that's not something that I think is realistic. Okay. So at number four, he had New York Giants. 
Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Yeah. I know, they need to move on from Daniel Jones and they bite your hand off for Rodgers. Rodgers yeah. gets to play in a big market. I, I could see it. Dolphins. Yeah. Um, again, just I think not the kind of general fit that he's looking for, but yeah, it, it might be. Yeah, I don't think they would like it. Washington, I, uh, I could see that. Nah, not, not enough Rivera's talent. A good coach. Yeah, not yeah. enough talent. Not enough talent on offense. And Denver, number one. Yeah, a lots of talent there. Lots of talent there. So I mean, it, it was essentially kind of Denver Raiders and. Um, the 49ers that we looked at last year, and that's all still kind of coming to fruition. Um, obviously, San Francisco are out of it now as they've, you know, taken Trey Lance, but uh, Denver, I think, whether they just got to it a bit too late, they are the team that has the capital, the interest, and have the, uh, you know, history of taking on kind of quarterbacks towards the end of their careers and, and doing something with it. So uh, I think they really, really, really regret taking. Uh, Bridgewater for that sixth round pick. I think it just kind of you know scuppered the whole plan, and it's very difficult with the way the information came out for them to change any of their kind of plan of attack. You know, a couple of hours before the draft, but they also apparently gave a, a bit of a courtesy call. Didn't make an offer. Fourth Niners made an offer, but the the Broncos made a courtesy call, but didn't get anywhere past that. It's just too quick, close to the draft. I d- I just wondered what time frame we're on for this to actually happen. I think it, I, I've got a feeling this could drag out for at least another month or two. Oh no, I think I think it's going to you know when he doesn't show for the first day of training camp, that's when it's going to you know hype up because the, the one thing that you can do in this position is just be consistent. So he doesn't have an official position out there. It's always just people close to Rogers. My understanding is all these people with knowledge of the situation. But if the information that gets pumped out regularly is that he would rather retire than return to Green Bay in its current form because he's so pissed off with the front office. They, uh, and then, lo and behold, it comes to, you know, uh, he doesn't do any of the voluntary workouts, doesn't do anything that requires him to get a workout bonus or, uh, you know, any of that sort of nature. And he doesn't turn up for the first day of training camp. I mean, at that point, it might almost be too late because uh, if he doesn't turn up for the first day of training camp, I don't think he's there the first day of the season. Yeah, I think if he doesn't show up for the first day of training camp, I think that's when things start to get a bit more real. Yeah, but again, it's a bit, it's a bit late at that point. Yeah, yeah, I just, and it's just what kind of value are you going to get for him as well? Yeah, I mean, good to consider on such a shiggly peg here because you can't. You can't commit to Aaron Rodgers the amount of money he wants over the years that he wants because it'll make the Jordan Love pick worthless. Um, he then will have a difficult time trading Jordan Love because everybody will know that situation. Um, and, you know, not every team will have wanted Jordan Love and not everyone, every team will be in a position to take that kind of, you know, that, that deal for any sort of value. You know, the president, Mark Murphy, I mean, he could take the decision out of Guntekins' hands and, and fire Guntekins. Uh, and I'm saying good to cuss way too much here. Um, but I, I tell, can I just call him Brian, like your dad? I'll call him Brian. Yeah, just um, call him Brian. And, big um, Brizo. Yeah, big Brian. Uh, so uh, he, uh, Brian is in a very, very, very difficult position right now because do you want to be the general manager that traded away Aaron Rodgers? No, you don't. Is Aaron Rodgers giving you much of a kind of, you know, much of a choice that either trade me, I'll retire, you'll be the idiot on the hook. Or I'll force you. I'll force you to get fired. I just I, I don't see it happening. I think it's very very difficult for 
for that to all play out. So I think if Brian wants to just kind of, you know, he needs to take a deep breath and figure out where this story is going to be in three months, because he certainly, I don't think he wants it to be kind of two weeks into training camp and, and basically be, have the, have the fans who own the team calling for his head because he hasn't sorted out the Aaron Rodgers situation. And I think the difficulty with this one as well is that if you go back to when Rodgers took over from Favre, people knew that inside the building knew that Rodgers was capable to lead that team. It was more a case of Rodgers is ready, we need to get rid of Favre. And that, but that, I mean, that, that, happened, that happened before training camp as well. I mean, the trade, for, yeah. the trade to the Jets and all that kind of stuff happened. I mean, obviously, that's not where he wanted to go. He was only allowed to try. He was only allowed to be traded to the Jets. But, um, but I mean, like at that point, the organization knew that they had something and someone who was ready to take over from Favre, and they yeah. were comfortable. You do not get that sense at all. Like this strikes me as you know, Lafleur is banging down that door to say, do not trade him because. I don't think, yeah, like you say, I don't think Jordan Love's ready. No, and already throwing the front office in front of the bus by saying he didn't know they were taking Jordan Love. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel sorry for Jordan Love. I mean, he's, he was in a difficult spot and his the beginning part of his career has just been essentially ruined. <laughs> it's no, no fault of his own. It's, it's going to be interesting and this is just a story that we're going to Going to be keeping an eye on going forward for a, a number of. Yeah, it's not keeping an eye on. It's going to be forced down our throats. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it will be forced down our throats. Um, speaking of forced down our throats, uh, San Francisco took Trey Lance. Uh, this. Yes, absolute clusterfuck of a process. I've, I've, yeah. I've been listening to a lot of stuff right now, so if I say the word process more, I'll be you know as much like good to come. So I have to change it. Uh, method. Maybe I'll use the method. Um, yeah, what, what, what do you make of this? I mean, this just, everything that's coming out, all this kind of Mac Jones, what they call a smokescreen, or what I would call indecision, and shit, we made the wrong choice. And then apparently trying to trade for Rodgers in, you know, in advance of the draft. This doesn't scream Trey Lance was our guy all along, was it? Well, I read the Peter King breakdown, you know, after of like him talking to Shanahan, and Shanahan kind of just saying, Oh, he's just such a great interview. So we we knew he was our guy, and he's got a really high ceiling. I'm like, why would you take Trey Lance at three though? He's a project. I I do not understand this process. I do not understand this decision. It makes no sense to me at all. Yeah. Um, I've, um... I've not seen enough from him that that shows me that he is going to be. Worth this, this higher pick. Well, I mean, I've been saying it for a long time. Every time, it's really it's it's the lack of sample size, which is always what's gotten with me. Okay, so lower level of lower level of uh, of competition and lack of sample size. Stat that no doubt everyone will be tired of hearing is that you only had three hundred nineteen attempts in college. That's it. Three hundred nineteen attempts. Nothing else. Last year, all the draft eligible quarterbacks combined for 287 touchdowns. Uh, and that's not including Trey Lance. So uh, just, that's just an indication of how much kind of you know, production there is, and there's not an awful lot. And my main problem is that I think he's, you know, he's got the 
tools. Everybody's persuaded themselves they can have and find another Josh Allen. Um, and it took uh, three years for Josh Allen to get anywhere close to being good. And it was just so that the jump was so big that everybody thinks it's possible now. Um, that's not the case. So it, overall, I think I, the more and more I think about it, the more and more everybody starts getting leaks and stories come out. They traded all this for Mac Jones, shat the bed when everybody went, what the hell are you doing trading for Mac Jones? Then supposedly went back into their due diligence and then came to a decision that actually, when we think about it, we want Trey Lance. But if you're telling me that Mac Jones lasted to 15, I don't understand. I mean, Trey Lance surely would have lasted to about, you know, 12. And where were the Fortnite's picking? Yeah, no, 100%. But I can't, if you shit the bed from Mac Jones, I don't think how, I can't see how your next, like, your thought process then goes, we'll go to Trey Lance over Justin Fields. Yeah, well, I think, I think I mean, that's that's what everyone's going to be looking at. But um, of all the quarterbacks and all the chat that we're talking about, you know, five quarterbacks in the top 10, we ended up with two in the first two and then three taken. Uh, sorry, three, we took three in the top 10 and then two uh, between 10 and 15. And I think for the 49ers, I said at the time when they moved, it was I didn't realise they were that desperate. And it turns out it was an after desperation move. I think they totally misread where everything was uh, with the you know the analysis. I think they thought that they were getting a head start on what they would have to do to get Max Jones. Because I, I I believe you, and I believe what others say when they're absolutely positive about that. But it did seem from the kind of you know three days of running up into the draft. They, they had totally changed their mind and the betting odds reflected that and the betting odds don't move unless somebody knows something so no I think I think you're 100% correct on that something definitely changed I do think they they shat the bed completely and that's that's how you end up with Trey Lance going way 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 too high yeah look I'm not saying he he's not going to do you know he's not going to be a good quarterback we don't know if any of these guys are going to be good quarterbacks but this is this is truly just about what you gave up for a project. Mac Jones isn't a project. He needs refining. He's got you know good tools, ability to read defenses, and he's got the physical traits right now to come in and be a, you know an, an efficient starter. Let's call him an efficient starter. You know, uh, Justin Fields has difficulty with a, you know a slight mechanical issue, but again, nobody cares about Philip Rivers' mechanics as long as he gets the ball to where it's supposed to be, and he does. Nobody gives a shit about mechanics, um, so I, I don't think that that you know that that's really you know should be an issue that scared teams off. I, I mean, I just would love to know what it was that scared teams off field so much that they felt as though it was, and what scared the 49ers off and why it was only a two horse race. I mean, that, that's not the, that's the question that's not being asked. They're talking about okay, you made a move to get the quarterback into the top three, but why are they not asking? Said, why did you not consider? Justin Fields. There was never a peep about it. It was n- never in any shape or form from anybody talking about the 49ers who supposedly were in the know and had the connections why they were talking to Justin Fields. So uh, it will be a mystery. And the only way that we'll ever find out is when these guys take the field. And it's, it's you know, all, each situation that each one of these players has gone to is really, really interesting. And we'll, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I'm very excited to watch Zach Wilson try to cope in New York. Did you see him standing next to all the other uh, all, <laughs> yes. all the other draftees? <laughs> yes. Yes, <I> did. 
<laughs> uh, awkward much yeah uh i was i was pissing myself laughing it was just even his his interview afterwards you know where it was uh when he got drafted and then they're like oh how do you think you'll cope going from utah to new york and he just spoke like those words i was like this is not going to end well for you you're oh. going to be chewed up and spat out by that city yeah so, so. Yeah, yeah, Trey Lance. We'll, we'll see if we'll, I mean, we'll see if uh, you know he works out something. But it looks as though they're keeping Garoppolo because essentially there's nobody that's going to take him. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if he will actually be on the the roster uh, before the season starts. I think they're going to get a look at Trey Lance, see where they are, and uh, see if they can get rid of him for a relatively you know cheap cut. Uh, so I don't think Jimmy's safe on that roster whatsoever. I think it's going to be a case of they're going to get Trey Lance in the building, see what he can do against some live NFL defense competition in practice, and if you know through two weeks of training camp it's looking good, I, I think Jimmy might be tossed to the curb. Yeah, well, I mean they can cut him for pretty much nothing. Yeah, it's about two and a half, two and a half mil. Yeah, so yeah, but I I think they might need to. I think Trey's going to need the training wheels on him for a good while. Oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm of that opinion as well. But if it comes to, you know, freeing up some money to go get somebody, pretty sure they'd prefer to, like, you know, have the, have the giant savings they would have from cutting him. I, I'll tell you why I think Jimmy sticks around. If Trey's bad in training camp and Kyle realises that he cannot put him out straight away, Mm-hmm. Without looking like an idiot for drafting him third overall, Jimmy will stay until they can get Trey Lance ready. No, well, no, absolutely. It's as I say, it's all about that initial kind of assessment as to where he, where he is and where he's going to be um, come come opening day. So, I think if you start hearing, no, no, Jimmy's our starting quarterback. You know, we're going to take great care dealing with Trey. Then, obviously, I would say that's going to be, you know he's. he's going to be staying around but if you start hearing about rave reviews about Trey Lance in training camp uh, I think I think that you know it might be some money that they want to save to bring in you know maybe a you trade for a, a guy with a high contract on a poor team around about week three or week four and have that ability to to take a big contract or perhaps maybe take on a, a Julio Jones size contract yeah yeah maybe to help him out because well, I think about it, think about it this way: the amount of savings you could have from post a post June cut of Jimmy Garoppolo, they could go out and you know basically do a Rams give away a second round pick for you know to Atlanta to take on fifteen million. It, it may be easily done. Yeah, no, I, that is one to watch. And Shanahan's you know dealt with Julio in Atlanta before, so shall we call it an official prediction? Fuck it, let's call it an official prediction. I, I like it. Mystic Dan has predicted Julio to the 49ers provided provided Trey's stinking it up or not stinking it up in training camp provided they they can get rid of Jimmy and open up the salary cap space yeah Um, I do want to talk about another quarterback move Mm -hmm. from the draft dear to your heart yeah dear to my heart third round Mm -hmm. Houston Texans selecting Davis Mills yes this was this almost pushed me over the edge of, of, of who was still available at that point and you took Davis Mills yes yeah 
Yeah. So I, it made back, no sense. Yeah. So a bit of background, all the kind of, you know, uh, the top five quarterbacks had all gone um, in the first round. And then there wasn't another quarterback taken until, as you said, I think 81st overall. And then there was three in the next four picks. Right, so 64th overall. Okay. Sorry, 64th. There, there was uh, the run of, so Tampa select Kyle Trask, um, which that's a, a good little project quarterback to sit behind Brady, Warren. Um, yeah. Interesting. I probably wouldn't have gone for him, but that's fine. Well, Problem is thinking about it just now. Bruce Arians, Kyle Trask's kind of dimensions and his arm strength. I mean, he's essentially Big Ben now, but at the beginning of his career. So uh, I don't know how that's going to go well with his arm strength, but especially for a guy who likes to push the ball down the field. Yeah. So uh, as much as we can all try and say it's a great fit, I, I think in the end it's probably not really what Kyle Trask would be keen on going to. It depends how long. Wait, Arians isn't going to be around that much longer, I don't think. But. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to stay around for a well, I mean, we're doing around about seven different you know, topics all at once here, but I think Arians might only be around for another year to basically groom Byron Leftwich or look until Todd Bowles come back in. Yeah, that's my thought. I think it's he's going to hand off to Leftwich. Um, so then we see, have Minnesota pick Kellen Mond at 66. And then 67, Houston Texans select Davis Mills, QB, Stanford. He was the number one... Uh, QB prospect by 247 Sports back in the day um, for his class. For recruiting. Yeah, for recruiting. Number one pro style quarterback. I've I've watched his throws a lot this week. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> you're good in high school, but <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, fundamentally, for me, there's a number of reasons why this was a silly pick. One, mm-hmm. we don't have that many picks going anyway. We oh. have numerous holes on defense, mm-hmm. on offense, all over mm-hmm. the board. Mm-hmm. But you signed, you, signed, you signed every free agent that was available. Yes. <laughs> every uh, second-tier free agent yep. we could get. But we, the last thing that we needed was a quarterback. Maybe if the first you, thing you need. <laughs> well, no, it's not because, right, if Deshaun Watson has his legal troubles and the the ginger hammer comes down and bans him for a full year. Which is the level that we're at. I don't think we're talking eight games or six games, even though it's yeah. first offence. I think I think this is basically full to, you know, full go, go, to, go to the naughty step for a fucking a full season. Full season, right, fine. We've signed Tyra Taylor. So he'll right. be injured by week four. But again, don't don't care. Keep Just keep Tyrod there, let Tyrod play. We're not going to be a good team this year. We're going to be picking top top three. So if the relationship with Watson is so damaged anyway that he wants to get traded in the offseason, who gives a shit? There's going to be a better pro prospect that's coming up. In full agreement with you. Can't, can't, can't say it better myself. Yeah, it just it infuriated me. And then also, you know, we, we saw... Uh, we saw Rasputin hanging out in the draft room even though he's not involved in the draft process as well standing beside Nick Casario I was like is, this, yeah. is that what you're calling him a Rasputin yes I think that's what I'll go for what's, <laughs> what's his proper name for anyone that doesn't automatically get that reference uh, Jack Easterby thank you right okay um, um, yeah the, the thing is 
uh, there's always the kind of fourth doomsday scenario that you're not talking about, and that's Tyrod gets hurt, Deshaun Watson's been banned for a year, and you're left with Davis Mills, who can't quite do it. So they've got another QB in the building. Who? <laughs> who have they signed? Well, he's not officially a player. Who are you hinting at? Josh McCown. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that, it, see, it could always be worse, Cam. It could always be worse. Rather than you know someone who you don't particularly like the college film tape of, it could always be Josh McCown. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind Josh McCown, and we all know why he's in there because he's a good Christian boy who made that anti-masturbation video. So Jack Easterby signed him. You, like, re- you, coach you really know the dark side of NFL players more than I do. I focus on the field way too much. You focus on the off-field way too much. Yeah, that is a that is a brilliant video, by the way. I'll, I'll need to send you it. Didn't work for you, though, did it? It did not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, right, uh, wait, quickly, quickly touching on these things. Uh, Kellen Mond, not particularly a big fan of the player, love the fit in Minnesota, and I think it's uh, it's exactly right for that kind of scheme. Um, the thing about Kellen Mond is that he's not great at kind of you know progressing through reads. So what's the best thing to do? Is stick him in a kind of Kubiak wide zone boot system where all the reads are pretty much kind of you know directed for you. So um, he's got good athleticism. He's a, just a kind of you know a cheap man's Kaepernick as far as I'm concerned because he's just kind of got that kind of robotic lankiness to him, which is just not a personal preference of what I want in a quarterback. Um, but, I mean, he, he had a, he had a Zach Wilson kind of throw at his pro day too, just nobody saw it until after the Vikings drafted him. Um, so it, it's uh, it's one of those things that's, I think that's a really, really good fit for Kellen Mond. Uh, and uh, I think that out of the, those three quarterbacks, Trask, Mond and, uh, and Mills, most likely, I think, well, Quite frankly, I think we're probably most likely to see Mills first out of those three. But for those that's probably going to be with the team still in about maybe two, three years, I think Mond's got a bit greater chance. I think this is essentially putting Kirk Cousins on notice that, yeah, we've paid you a lot of money, time to deliver. We're not giving you another 83 million guaranteed in a year or so. Yeah, I, I actually couldn't agree more i think it was mike florio was very vocal with it um did you see robert griffin still still bitter about uh, (laughs) what happened as soon as that uh kellen one pick came in he was doing some like stream draft analysis on it and he he just came up he was like kellen mond is everything that kirk cousins is not (laughs) 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 really putting the boot in i was just like oh i love the pettiness um Let me. So, what were some of your favourite picks of this, well, this draft? And we're not going to have seventeen different uh, draft episodes between now and the beginning of training camp, or now and the beginning of the true lull of kind of July. Basically, going through each uh, each division and each each team. I'm just going to give a B. Uh, a B to every single team in, in the draft grading. There we go. I've given I've done 32 draft grades in one sentence. I've given everybody a B because for every single one of them, there's some good things, some bad things, and there's some things we just don't know. Uh, and all these kind of you know A plus grades, C plus grades, it's all bullshit, you know. So um, I think for teams that did well, I like what the Jets did. Believe it or not, if Zach Wilson is anything that they anything close to that they think they have, he won't uh, be. 
well, I, I'm, I'm still not convinced. I'm willing to wait it out. You've obviously decided, but um, I, I am convinced. But they certainly will not be repeating the same mistakes that they had with Sam Darnold. Uh, they've uh, went and got um, uh, the guard from USC uh, you know, jumping up ahead of other teams uh, for anybody kind of uh, up from 23 to 14, getting Vera Tucker. Uh, and they're going to put him on the left-hand side. And I mean, that, that, that's going to be a really, really interesting watch, not only in, the game, in how they protect Wilson, but in the run game, uh, because it's it's pretty, pretty interesting um, how that's going to develop. But they're going to get protection for Wilson. They've also gone out uh, and got uh, receiving talent. Elijah Moore could, again, just be basically this year's uh, A.J. Brown um, at the same school, same type of player, uh, just really, really, really solid. Uh, and the North Carolina running back, whose name escapes me again just now, not doing very well. I should have had this all prepped up. See, this why I have preparation. Uh, it was Michael Carter. Yeah, you have to. So Michael Carter, who... Uh, yeah. They drafted two Michael Carters. Yes, and one tackled the other, if you yeah. believe that or not. Uh, so, so, yeah, so I think the Jets overall, out of that kind of top echelon of teams... And when I say top echelon, I mean teams picking in the top 10. They had the best overall draft in the first couple of rounds because let's be honest here, we're really talking about the, the first couple of rounds as the players that we think are going to have a true kind of impact. The rest are all kind of, you know, projects and, you know, maybe they can turn into something good or they're filling into a role. They're not expecting them to be starters straight away. So not saying it doesn't happen, but realistically right now when we're looking at uh, teams' drafts, that, that's what we're doing. Um, so I thought it was there. I thought... The Ravens were interesting, you know, after all that chat about not going after receivers, they take two. Uh, so obviously not that happy with with who they had in the room. So again, another kind of, you know, misdirection from DaCosta there for the pre-draft process. I am holding my breath on Jason Owe in relation to what he can do. Normally the Ravens have a really, really good history of kind of drafting mid-round picks and developing them into pass rushers and then they go off to other teams. Judon, Preston Parker and all that kind of stuff. Um, and taking the guy this high who didn't have any sacks. I mean, there's no doubt he's a specimen. There's no doubt he looks as though he's got, you know, uh, some good traits. But I'm just going to hold my breath until I actually see what he's doing against NFL competition. Okay. I my I had one steal of the draft or one late-round guy that I actually like and think might make an impact this year. I And that is Chubba Hubbard. Yes. I, I really liked him in college. Yeah. And there's something about Oklahoma State running backs that when they get to the NFL... They stick. They can, they, yeah, they can be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, his problem was that he was injured in 2020, then opted out halfway through the season after a big bust-up with Mike Gundy about you know political matters, which probably severed, you know, teams severed on him probably a little bit there. Then he didn't really get all that healthy for his pro day and didn't run a fast fast time um, and so he just dropped down but if you remember watching him at Oklahoma State even though it's big 12 defences I mean it looks as though the guy can play football so the Panthers lost Mike Davis and they, you know they need another back I mean the Panthers overall apart from their first round pick I think did a relatively decent job picked up Terrence Marshall in the second which is reuniting him with uh, Joe Brady from LSU we had Marshall going to the Saints in the first round the reason he's dropped all that way is because of the knee issues, um, which you know popped up late in the 
in, in the process. Like, oh, it's so late that it didn't get, we didn't really kind of even know about it. Um, so, and then they also got a, a tight end as well for Notre Dame, uh, Tommy Tremble, uh, which is again kind of you know perfect for what Joe Brady does. So, uh, they did all defense last year. The Panthers. They did the majority offense this year. The Panthers. You, you know, they managed to trade back a couple of times and pick back up picks that they did for the Sam Darnold trade. So overall, they moved around the board, picked up pieces that they needed. And they'll, you know, with the new NFC South, that'll be interesting to see how it all plans out. But if they if they win eight, eight, eight games this year, I'm not kind of giving a prediction for the Panthers just now, but if they win over eight games this year in a 17-game season, Joe Brady's the head coach in Cincinnati in 2022. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just what's happening. Joe Brady will be the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals in 2022. What did you make of the Bengals taking Chase at fifth overall? He's going to sell more jerseys. I, I don't know. Um, the the one thing about the top of the draft and really the starting point for it was that Chase pick was uh, that nobody really took anybody that they were half expected to. So we got that after Pitts and we had five, six, seven of essentially the Bengals, the Dolphins and the Lions. And Chase going to the Bengals pretty much screwed everybody thereafter. Um, and it, it caused the Dolphins to pick Waddle and the Lions were overjoyed by the fact that that happened and it meant that Sue was there. So it, Chase going to the Bengals, whilst not unexpected, I'm disappointed at because We've all seen Joe Burrow's knee. We've all saw the difficulties he was having last year. We've all heard the arguments that people have saying, well, a wide receiver can stop a quarterback feeling pressure from all this, you know, shite. Okay. <laughs> Easiest way to have a quarterback not stop and feel pressure is to have offensive linemen picking up the, the players closest to him trying to disrupt. Them. So uh, I can understand it. I hope they still have a good connection as they did at LSU. But I think that you know, by the end of the season, we're going, to, we're going to be following what Chase does and what Penny Sewell does. And we're really, really hoping that, you know, it's not going to, for the Bengals' sake, it's not going to be one where they've absolutely screwed the pooch. Because I'm not saying that Jamar Chase isn't going to be good. But again, if Burrow doesn't have two seconds to throw to him, what's the point? Yeah, I, I just thought it was a bit of a strange one. Um, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see how this all goes. Is there anything else that you want to cover off in this recap of the draft? Uh, we, we have, I, think, I think maybe we'll talk about Fields later on, if you want to kind of maybe go into a deep dive about Fields and we'll, we'll cover him later on. Uh, Team-wise, you know, Minnesota did well, picked, you know, plugged a lot of gaps, had, you know, a ton of picks. Um, and Dallas got absolutely screwed over by the picks in front of them and it was quite funny to see. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I think the idea that the Broncos and the Panthers were both taking two of the top cornerbacks before they got to Dallas, nobody had that. Just nobody had that. Everybody had trades happening, the Panthers going offensive line. I mean, the Broncos not taking fields at that spot is interesting as well. Um, so the, the fact that they then had to basically trade out um, at 10 uh, down to 12 with the Eagles was just a, such a strange set of events that it's going to have, you know, kind of butterfly effects all the way through because 
last year they had, you know, they had C.D. Lamb fall to them. This year they could have taken Devonta Smith, but they've traded back and they they ended up taking Micah Parsons, which I just didn't get at the time. Uh, but it seems quite clear from all the other draft picks that Dallas were making uh, that they are revamping that defense completely, and they're getting a whole different style of personnel for uh, Dan Quinn's uh, Seattle scheme. And it basically means the end of Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch because Van Der Esch hasn't has his fifth-year option picked up and I'm pretty sure they're going to cut Jalen Smith after this year. I know they gave him an extension last year, but all the money's gone by the end of this year. And he's just he's just not running. He's just not doing what they want to do. And I think they want to go to try and find Bobby Wagner types and such like, and that's why they've taken Mika Parsons. So they've made, made quite a commitment to the Dan Quinn kind of scheme here. So... We'll just see where Dallas actually sits. I mean, it's you know, it's quite funny to see them get screwed over so badly in the first round, especially when they're drafting as high as they were this year. Yeah, uh, it's always funny to see Dallas end up in pain. Yeah. Oh, and very quickly, one other note, and we'll just kind of kill it there. I was right about Urban Meyer, desperate to get Kadarius Stoney. Absolutely spot on, you know. Said that the Giants broke his heart when they took him at 20. He wanted to take him at 25. And I said to Dave that on our, our draft preview show that you know, that was, that, that was where Urban would be looking and he couldn't help himself. And I was very, very pleased when I saw that he confirmed that. And if you did actually listen to our uh, prop bet episode, you will know that I had nothing but pain the entire, <laughs> the entire draft. Two running backs taken. Only five uh, quarterbacks taken in the first round as well. Yeah. So, so it's also it's not a given. I know. I was I was so convinced. Damn it! <laughs> I had read all the mocks. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it's just it's, it's one of these things. I mean, that you should only really pay attention to the mocks the day of the draft because that's when all all the information gets leaked out. That's when people can't help themselves anymore. That's when teams have made calls to the prospects the night before, saying, "Look, if you're there, you're our guy," and it just leaks out and it gets there. And the reason we know that one reason certainly we know that is because before. Uh, the Thursday, and when everyone put their final mocks out in that kind of you know, glorious clickbait spree that all the media does, nobody, I mean, absolutely nobody had Jalen Waddle to the Dolphins. And then, so lo and behold, the day of the draft, everybody, everybody had Jalen Waddle going to the Dolphins, and it made them look also good. So somebody was talking, and there was a leak in Miami because it became quite apparent that um, Jalen Waddle was going there, and also that everybody had Chase going to the Bengals. So only pay attention to mock drafts the day of. Life lesson. Oh, sorry. And before we finish up, one last thing that we do need to talk about. Oh, God. QB controversy in Jacksonville. He has risen. No, no, I'm ending the pod now. Right, goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> One look, just keep it in your, <laughs> keep it in your notes. Tebow's there, the gadget player. I'm gonna Florida, lie. Q, Florida no. QBs actually do work out at a tight end. Look at Trey Burton. Yeah, okay. I'm not gonna lie. It's, it'd be fun. It'd be fun. But I'm, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if we're ready for what 34 year old Tebow. Trying to block somebody? No, I don't know if we're really that. It'd be fun, but no. Yeah, we're all ready for it. Um, and on that note, <laughs> we will end the show. We will be back next week uh, to cover more of this off-season madness that is going on. Uh, I'm sure we'll have updates on Aaron Rodgers' next destination. Uh, we'll probably be breaking down how he fits in Indianapolis, knowing how this season has panned out. 
Okay. But until then, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we will see you next next week. Goodbye. <laughs>